Welcome to the season finale of Choosing Her Hustle. I just wanted to take a moment to thank the listeners who have tuned in for every episode this season. I didn't know what to expect when I made the decision to start this podcast and the feedback that I have gotten from the listeners has blown my mind. This was really a passion project for me in order to give you, the listeners, further things to consider when it comes to considering whether or not you're going to stay in that soul-sucking career or take a gamble on yourself. And I hope that the guests that I've brought on this season have really inspired you to start thinking differently and really start considering what is important for yourself. I am super excited to bring you this week's guest. So let's dig right in. This week's episode is sponsored by SheHub.TV. Log on to www.sheha.tv for engaging content dedicated to women. Also check out their quarterly magazine available in print and both app stores. SheHub TV for the fearless female. You are listening to Choosing Her Hustle with your host, Letitia Francis. This is a podcast for black women looking to turn their side hustles full time. Each week, I'm going to bring you interviews from women who have successfully transitioned from side hustler to full-time entrepreneur. They will be sharing their journeys, the good, the bad, the ugly, as well as the lessons learned along the way in hopes to inspire you to choose your hustle. Let's get this conversation started. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Choosing Her Hustle. This season has been a season of first for me, really understanding how we can show up in this space and provide you, the listeners, with valuable information through storytelling. And I am super excited to introduce you to this week's guest. Um, She is a phenomenal, phenomenal woman, and I know that her story is going to be so insightful for you. So, guest, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey there. Well, firstly, this is one of my favorite people in the world because she's blood. Um, I'm so excited to be here. I'm Dr. Cindy Trim, and I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and I am Letitia's auntie. Yes, I'm so, so excited. Um, You came from very humble beginnings of a small island of Bermuda, just like myself. And to be able to witness your journey from the sidelines has been inspirational to me. And I am so grateful to have you on the show today. So, I want to know where it started for you. I know that you have been in business for a very, very long time, but you weren't always running a worldwide empire. Yeah, uh, it started at at, at um, eight years old, to tell you the truth, Tish, out of sheer necessity. I remember I had a desire. I wanted to go to ballet. And my mother never told us no, but we understood 
that if she said, okay, it simply meant that we had to find a way to do what we wanted to do. And um, I've always had this idea that I don't have to choose A or B. I can have A and B and C and D. And it was innate in me. And so uh, when I said, oh, I want to do ballet, and she said, okay, I instantly understood that I had to um, make money. And that's how I started my first business. My first business was to find all the little girls in my neighborhood that were already going ballet to convince their mother that I can actually escort them from home to ballet and bring them back unscathed. And I was only eight. So these kids were three, uh, four-year-olds, six-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, older than me, most of them. And I was that responsible and they paid me. And that's how I ended up going to ballet. That's how I started ballet with, with starting my first business. And I've been a business owner ever since. I've owned uh, restaurants. Um, I've owned, um, as you're aware, I have a coaching company. Um, I'm also an author. Um, and um, I, where people are adopting children, I adopt I had actually adopt cities. So um, there's a number of things that I do, including humanitarian work. Um, but and I have a university, a school. Um, so having said all of that, it started with humble beginnings. And I think, Tish, when it comes to us as women, we can look outside of ourselves um, and believe that there's not enough resources, or we can be convinced, and it's a truism that everything that we need to succeed is given to us at conception. It's just given in potential form. And so what is the purpose of problems? Problems actually point you towards potential, the potential that's hidden to you, gifts and talents that have not found expression. Problems are there and a crisis is there for self-awareness. And self-awareness is the first step that you take for um, self-development. So the whole idea of self-development starts with self-awareness and it ends with self-actualization. And if, if we can you know, take that journey within, we'll discover some amazing things about ourselves. And you know, every, er, everybody's talking about self-care. This is the biggest thing right now. But, but self-care, um, starts with the whole idea of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. You cannot care for a self that you don't know. And most women know more about what other people want from us, what other people expect from us, but very few of us know what we want for ourselves. But, you know, you it takes self-awareness and then self-knowledge, which is important. Who are you? How do you define yourself? Because when you know who you are, you can show up differently and you'll get different results. You can show up powerfully and then you'll get powerful results. And it starts with self-knowledge. Who are you? And with the self-knowledge, it comes self-approval. We have been trained. We live in a society that teaches us how to loathe ourselves, mm -hmm. to look at ourselves as if if there's something lacking in our lives. And if anyone has ever done the DISC uh, analysis or the DISC analysis of your personality, you will find out that all of us have strengths and limitations. 
And I love with my clients, I give them the DISC analysis. It stands for dominance, um, influence, um, conscientiousness, and steadiness. So that's the DISC analysis. You'll fall in one of those those areas, but none is better than the other. It just is. And each, each one of them has with itself strengths and limitations. We've been trained to look at ourselves as strengths and weaknesses. And I tell people, look, it's not an issue of weakness, it's limitations. Limitations because you might not be interested in it, or you might be able to delegate um, something that you would normally do yourself, or you could do yourself, but you delegate it. So it strengths and limitation. But the, the big part of the whole idea of what I call self-mastery, self-awareness, self-knowledge, and then self-approval. You've got to affirm yourself. You've got to say that I am enough. You know, we do more because we want to be more. So start with who you are and not what you want. Because Mm -hmm. if you can become everything that you are, you'll attract what you want. But what we usually attract, we don't attract who we want. We attract who we are. And then when we change, then the people that are attracted to us change. That's the third. The fourth is self-commitment. And that's what you did. You said, you know, I have this burning desire, this burning dream, but you were committed. You're committed to bringing that to pass. So a lot of us have to get out of our own way. We've got to remove self-imposed limitations, self-doubt, self-sabotage, and the big S. And that is um, when you um, uh, have imposter syndrome. And so, you know, where you accomplish these things, but you believe it's luck or you believe it's because someone else helped you and you don't have enough um, confidence in who you are to be able to say, okay, I did this and take ownership for your success as well as your failures. And then, you know, you get to self-care. So you need to take those four steps before you get to self-care because now you know yourself and most people live as a stranger to themselves. Mm-hmm. And after self-care, you have your self-discipline and then self-fulfillment and self-actualization. And this is the science of self-mastery and success. That's what I call it. Mm-hmm. You cannot outperform your current concept of self. Mm. And that's so that is so true. You know, one of the things that I work on with my clients is learning how to embody the success that you desire today right? If, if it's six figures, seven figures, learning how to first understand what that, that looks like for you. What mm-hmm. would seven figures look like for you? What would mm-hmm. you have to change about yourself today? And that goes back to that self-awareness, right? Yeah. Self-awareness is like a lighthouse, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? We, we grew up on an island, Gives you a lighthouse, it comes around mm. every 30 seconds. But that 30 seconds that that light is shining on the water, it gives us an opportunity in the middle of the darkness to change our course, right? It yeah. gives us enough to look behind us, look ahead, and make a decision on what is going to be best. For us. So self-awareness is key. But then, like you said, having that knowledge of self, a lot of us have adopted someone else's vision or inversion of success. 
So yeah, we become some, you know, we become something that we're not. So we have these avatars mm-hmm. that we have on social media. And this is um, how we want people to see us. What if we can embody the energy of that avatar? This is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. What if you could wake up every morning and embody that energy? What would that look like? What would that feel like? Just be mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's as that saying goes, you know, as a man or woman thinketh, so she is, right? If mm-hmm. we are thinking on a consistent basis that I am the embodiment of the success that I desire, the things that you talked about, the self-sabotage, the lack mm-hmm. of commitment, the lack of dis- the, um, discipline, mm-hmm. the imposter syndrome, yeah. Yeah, all yeah. of that comes into play where first of all, we yeah. don't know ourselves and we don't know how in- to embody the success that we desire, right? Yes, yes. So yeah. that's why it's so important. So my question to you, Dr. Trim, is lacking the awareness, lacking the knowledge, lacking that acceptance and commitment, those four steps that you talked about. Mm -hmm. How do we take that first step so that we can start embodying those things that can take us to that point of self-mastery so that we can see success in our businesses and in our lives? You got to see yourself as a brand. Um, when you see yourself as the brand and you take a step back and you say, I'm the CEO of this brand, I'm the CEO of me, that's when you can really start doing the work because any company requires a mission statement. Any company requires a vision statement. Any company requires a strategy. So if companies and corporations could do that and they're straw men, they really don't exist. They exist in someone's mind. And then they add the resources to it, the financial, the human resources, the intellectual property, and they create what they want. If a company could do that, we could do it too. And that's where it all starts. You have to determine where do I want to be at the end of the week? Where do I want to be at the end of the month? Where do I want to be at the end of the year? What do I want to be at the end of 20 years? It's called writing a vision for your life. And I have a book called Hello Tomorrow, and you can get it on Amazon Chapter 8 if you want to jump right over. And it will give you the 12 categories that you write your vision in. Usually when people here write a vision, they just have one piece of paper and it's just just one um, area that they're writing it in. It's usually a vision for themselves professionally and a vision for themselves financially, and it may be domestically, parentally, and marriage. So they may end up with just four, but there are 12 areas that you got to write your vision in. That includes your health. And when we talk about health, your physical health, nutritional health, emotional health, relational health, financial health, you've got to have a vision for your health. And I call that taking me moments. So I want to encourage every woman that's listening to me to take what I call me moment. And this is the time that you carve out a half an hour to an hour every single day of your life for the rest of your life. Take care of number one. And number two and three and four and five will take care of themselves. Usually with a woman, we go out, we take care of husband, we take care of children, we take care of work. And then whatever energy is left over, it's enough to take a shower, go to bed. And then we wake up in the morning, put on the necessary title, blend in with the masses that's doing the same thing. And we're not really happy. You have to decide what's going to make me happy. And so I say, okay, 
why don't you start with this? You're on this cruise that you, you're, thrown, uh, you're throwing and the people that you love is around you. Your children are now grown. They've been to university and they are celebrating you for all the things that you accomplish. You've got yourself and you walk on the ship and you are holding the hand of your significant other and you're dressed to the hilt. What, what are you wearing? What's your hair like? Who's on your right and left? Who's around you? Are the, is it on a cruise? It's on a cruise ship. How many waiters do you have? And it's this big party. You could see the ice carving. And then someone very important steps forward and they start celebrating you and they start roasting you and talking about all the amazing things that you did. You're blushing, but you're not surprised because you wrote this in your vision. They talk about the books that you've read, the places that you've traveled. They talk about the companies that you started, the children that you raised, the school that you sent your children to. They talk about the charities that you helped. They talked about the people that you inspired. What are they talking about? And that's how you write your vision. That's beautiful. Visualization is something that I think we overlook big time, right? We grow up daydreaming and someone has told us that it's wrong right? So we stop daydreaming. We get realistic and stay present. But there is so much power in sitting down and creating these visions for ourselves, right? There is so much power. I think we, there is so much untapped power that we don't know about, right? Because like I said before, we've all been fed these expectations, social constructions, social controls, um, and we've eaten it up like it's been gospel because we've lost the art of daydreaming and really getting specific about what it is that we what what it is that we want. But I want to go back real quick about something that you said earlier about us as women doing all that we need to do and getting up, putting on that title, but blending in, right? I think it is important that we learn how to stand out and stand in our power. And that is, that's when we start to be impactful. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, we have these cultural conditioning, which you mentioned, Tish, and we have these social algorithms. Most people don't realize that most of their thoughts are not their thoughts. So we go through an educational system that reinforces these algorithms. So we are taught what to think, but not how to think. And we've got to get our thinking ability back. As a man thinketh in his heart, you quoted that, so is he. And if we would accept this, that our thoughts have brought us where we are, could things be the way they are because you are the way you are? What one thing can you change that can change everything? You could change your thinking. Thinking is free. You don't need a degree to think. You don't need another certificate. You, you, you think. What if you can ch- ch- train your mind to think at the level of your vision? And so if you would accept that there were three things that, that brought you exactly where you are today, exactly where you are in your relationships, in your finances, in your health, only three things. Number one, where you placed your energy. Number two where you place your focus, and number three, your thought. Those are the only three. 
And those are the three things that we can change. So we live in an attention-driven economy. So the moment you let distraction and procrastination um, interfere with what what you need to do, you need to have a sense of urgency. You need to be hungry. Whatever you do, do it right now. So procrastination consumes time. Know the true value of time. Snatch it, seize it, enjoy every moment of it. No idleness, no procrastination. Never put off for tomorrow what you could do today. That's number one. Your focus, broken by um, distraction. So what you need to do is to get rid of distracting people, people that distract you and discourage you, and things that distract you and discourage you. Number one, that cell phone. Stop sitting on other people's timeline. Create your own and know the value of focus. We live in a focus-driven economy, attention-driven economy. We've gone from brick and mortar to click and order, and it's all about getting your attention. So why don't you reverse engineer that? How can you move from invisible to irresistible? And you start with a brand. People sell, we buy based on brand. You got to be able to see yourself as a brand. So that's number one, number two, and number three, your thoughts. So you've got to be able to embody the energy of the success that you want. Embody the energy of the brand that you need to be. Embody that energy. Get up every single day and use your time to craft it. Time is a currency. Spend it wisely. Invest it so that you can have an ROI at the end of the week, at the end of the month, end of your year. What did I do with my time? What did I do with my focus? What do I do with my thoughts? Where you are right now will tell you, you made an appointment with yourself to be here. So if you don't like where you are, don't blame it on government. Don't blame it on the lack of finances or money. Take ownership and say, hey, this is what I can control. This is what I'm going to focus on. Use your, 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 your time to read. Invest your time in creating and innovating, and you will see your life changing one day at a time. Could things be the way they are because you are the way you are? What one thing can can you change that can change everything? And then you ask yourself this question, you know, if my time is so valuable, what is that one skill that I will spend one hour a day developing that will take me where I need to be? 20 years from now. And if you could figure out what that skill is, if you spoke, if you focus on it one hour a day, within four years, you will be amongst the best, if not the best in your industry. That's amazing. The energy, the focus, the thoughts. Now I'm, I'm going to share a little story, right? December 17th, 2010, we were at Georgia Dam at my graduation. Yeah. And I was not in the best of mood that day, right? And mm-hmm. I remember you pinching me on my arm and telling me, if you can control your thoughts and your emotions, you would change your life. And I remember in that moment being so angry. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to hear that right now, Aunt Cindy, because I'm so overcome with my emotions in this moment. Mm-hmm. Years later, I remember coming to a realization about how powerful my 
control over my thoughts was. Because up until that point, I had convinced myself that I I don't control how I think. These thoughts just pop up in my head, right? Because, you know, that's that's what my life had looked like. Learning how impactful my thoughts are on everything, my actions, how I show up in the world, how I view my perspective of the world, and learning how powerful I can be taking control instead of just resigning myself to the fact that, you know, these thoughts just pop up in my head, that changed my life. Yeah. If I was wasn't so resistant in 2010 <laughs> I could probably could have saved myself a long long battle of sabotage and whatever else that's going on but I think it's just really important to emphasize just that we have I think so you're much one of the most bravest people I know because you lean into your life you lean into it you live it to its fullest You experience every part of you to its fullest. And then you came, you, you, you came to the realization, hey, hold on a minute. I'm creating my future one thought at a time, one action at a time. I don't like where I am. So let me change those two things, my thoughts and my actions. And that's what impresses me about you. You do what the average person doesn't do. You analyze yourself based on the results. And you say, these are not the results that I need. So how did I get here? My own thoughts, my own behavior. Let me change my thoughts. Let me change my behavior. And that's what impressed me about you. I see my greatest gift is to introduce people to who they have the potential to be, whether they believe it or not. And I pitch at that level. I sort of help them. I sort of push them to being the better version of themselves. But you um, deserve to be here and be on this podcast because you've lived what you're teaching. And anyone who um, signs up to be coached by you, and I'm encouraging everyone, I know a good leader when I see them. And a coach and a mentor is a person that is able to take you into yourself where you cannot go by yourself. And Letitia and her program is powerful in anyone that signs up. If you sign up for this program today, um, I personally will will give um, 25 pounds towards your your fee. So I, I want all of you to be calling the phone and signing up today because Letitia, is a gift. She's brilliant, but not just brilliant. She's practical and everything that she's teaching, she has walked through herself. And this is why I'm on this show. Not because I, she's my niece, but I know her personally and what she's going to do. She's going to be able to take you to a place in yourself where you cannot go by yourself. So everyone that's listening to this podcast, you know it. What it says when the student is ready, the teacher is, appears. Mm-hmm. So Letitia is appearing today, and you are listening to our podcast. That means you are ready. And so, Tisha, tell them how they can sign up. And everyone that signs up today, I personally am going to give them a scholarship of twenty-five pounds to help them for uh, as a scholarship. 
to help them to pay for their um their session. Thank you, Aunt Cindy. I really appreciate these words. And listeners, if you want to take advantage of the scholarship that Dr. Tram is offering you, the details will be in the show notes below. In order for you to take advantage, you need to use a coupon code and the coupon code is TRIM, T-R-I-M-M. If you use that, you will get £25 off the single session with me in order to help you get clarity with your niche and your offer. I I appreciate that. I, I really, really do. But I, I, I want to get back to our conversation really quickly about how we can stand in our power. One of the things that has been instrumental to me is having so many phenomenally strong women in my family, right? Mm-hmm. Your mother, my grandmother, and mm-hmm. the tram, a strong, strong woman. Your sisters are out there making an impact. And what has really blown my mind is like, as you said at the beginning, you've come from a humble beginnings. You've had to rewrite your own narratives in order to be in the place that you are in now. But what I see a lot with um, Black women in particular, there is this hesitation to rewrite in our narratives, rewriting in the conditionings that we have, have been introduced to. Yeah, I think going back to Mm self-approval, do we approve ourselves? A lot of us see ourselves through the eyes of other people that may not like something about us. And we take on that energy. You need to match that energy with self-worth. That's how you do it. I deserve to be here. I deserve to show up. I deserve to be successful. I deserve it. And I, the way that you, you push yourself, you push yourself when you stop um, competing with others. Mm-hmm. So push beyond competing with others. Don't be the best, be the only. And you make yourself indispensable in that way. Find out what is unique about yourself. Bring that to the table. Uh, find out what problem you're solving. And be the solution. See yourself as the solution to world problems. And that's that's the way that you can do it. Self-approval, self-commitment, self-care. That's important. And then, of course, self-discipline. Mm-hmm. You got to discipline yourself. And that's why those me moments become important. You know, discipline yourself towards something. Take that half an hour, hour a day. Figure out that one skill that you're going to master. This is why you have a Simone Biles. One skill is not like she couldn't do other things, but she's the GOAT, the greatest of all time, because she honed her energies to develop that one skill. So if it's speaking, if it's dancing, if it's coaching, if it's writing, what one skill could you harness and spend one hour hour a day focusing on that and show up as the expert, the expert at what? The expert of you. Yep. I'm the expert. And I tell people all the time, look, I have random information. People call me brilliant, but it's just a whole bunch of random information that I have. But notwithstanding me having degrees, and I have a whole lot of them, Mm -hmm. and being certified 
and I have a whole lot of them and being recognized and I have a whole, whole lot of them. I don't get caught up in that because that's what I do. I am an expert at being Cindy Trim. And that's how you show up powerfully. That's how you own your space. I tell people, look, if a door is not open to you, build a door and open it for yourself. Mm -hmm. If you are not invited around a table, build a table and pull a chair up yourself. So when people ask me, how am I doing? I said, look, I'm on top of the world. I'm still rising and I'm making waves that other people rise. That's how you show up. And, and show up not, as you. And that way you don't have to think about it. You don't think so about it's not, it's not arrogance, it's confidence. So just, we call people arrogant when they know who they are and they refuse to act like they're not. We call people arrogant and when we see people who know who they are and they refuse to dumb down and blend in to fit in. We call people arrogant who know they're gifted in an area and refuses to show up with fake humility. I'm good at talking and I say it all the time. I'm good at writing, but I can sing a lick. <laughs> so I'm not insecure about not being able to sing. But why would I lie about being good at what I am good at? When I go to a doctor, I'm looking for the best doctor. When I go to a, for a lawyer, I'm looking for the best lawyer. So why can't I be the best version of myself? So this is how you show up powerfully. You know, you don't dumb down to blend in. And here's the thing, Tish. Um, use rejection as a springboard. Rejection is two things. Rejection is redirection. And rejection simply means that you're in a realm or relationship that does not have capacity for your greatness. Mm. They have capacity for your now, but you're not your next. So you see rejection as a gift. You are placing yourself in an arena that does not have capacity for your greatness. They don't have capacity for your brilliance. Never see yourself like people who reject you. You say, oh, well, bye. Give yourself a going away party because there is somewhere out there that has the capacity for what you're carrying and it's up to you to find it. Mm. And that rejection becomes your gift. That's powerful because so many of us run away from being rejected, right? So many of us, even in business, we don't put ourselves out there to make a sale because what if they say no? It's a gift and it's putting us in a space that allows us to show up fully as who we are. Like you said, it, the rejection is because they don't have capacity to hold you, boo. You know what I mean? Like they don't have the capacity. Oh, yeah. And that is powerful. So and that that reframe alone is, is, is something that will help women move forward. Like you just change the narrative. Yeah, just change the narrative about rejection. It's a gift. Rejection is a gift because rejection confirms the orientation we hold towards ourselves. Mm. So if someone rejects you, but you reject yourself, it's, it, it's, it exposes the orientation you hold towards yourself. But if you see rejection as a gift, now that just reflects, it's a mirror that says, hey, I'm worth better. I'm worth more. And it's cool. Thank you very much. Give them a thank you note. Thank you for letting me know you don't have the capacity for me. Because I would have stuck around and wasted my time and energy and gifts and my potential, my brilliance, 
I would have wasted my experience, my intelligence, my education with someone that does not have the capacity to recognize the value of what I'm bringing to the table. So thank you. But there's someone out there that will. So, you know, again, rejection is a mirror. Mm-hmm. It's just going to show you the areas that you need to work on. And sometimes it might be your self-esteem or your self-image. And you need to you need to really see yourself as the solution to some problem out there. That's how I wake up every single morning. You know, I'm the solution to the economy in the United States of America and the world. How could I be the solution? Because I have a company and I hire people, my staff, are from the around the world, Sri Lanka, Bermuda, Barbados, all over the United States of America, England. You know, these are my staff. I pay them. So what am I doing? Helping the economy. I'm keeping the economy buoyant. So mm. this is my contribution to the world. So it, why should I lie? Because someone is insecure about themselves and they want to project that one to me And when I say no, I mean, absolutely no. I choose not to participate. Tish, I've learned something. Every single day I have the option. It's called the power of choice. Mm -hmm. And when there was an economic downturn in the United States of America, when the bubble busted, I chose not to participate. So when every business was going under, mine was going up. Why? Because I chose not to participate in the economic bubble busting. I chose not to participate. So when people were scrambling, you know, I was building. Mm -hmm. So every day, if people don't like you, choose not to participate. I don't participate in poverty. I don't participate in sadness. Every morning I wake up, I have my dance going on before I go to bed. I have my dance going on. My my husband thinks I'm entertaining, but I'm not (laughs) trying to entertain him. I'm entertaining myself. This is my happy moment. How you go to bed, how something ends is how something begins. So I end my day on a happy note with a song, with a dance. And then that's how I start my day. Why? Because I choose to. So people cannot take, they could take everything from you except the freedom of choice. Mm -hmm. So you could choose how you uh, frame an experience. You could choose how you frame a disappointment, you could choose. And this is how I say, only good can come out of this. That's my framing. I don't deny that it's painful because there are things that are disappointing and painful. And sometimes, you know, I even question myself, but this is what I always say, only good can come out of this. And guess what? It changes my frame of mind. So everything that happens to me is for my good. Only good can come out of this. It may not be good, but only good can come out of this. And that's how I approach my day. I end my day with a dance, a song and dance. And I start my day on a high note. And everything that is faced, I get, you know, confronted with, I get excited. I say only good can come out of this. This is mirroring a potential and giving me awareness of a gift, a potential, an ability that hasn't seen the light of day. And now I get a chance to express it. I love that. Only good can come out of this. Even in our worst times, 
if we can focus on that and like I've, I've I always say you know even in your worst times there's a lesson right so there's nothing lost I I look back at my journey and there have been some very very dark moments where I've questioned like why why like okay I get it you know the best students get the hardest lessons well can I not be the best student in this moment but I take away an important lesson and in every struggle every challenge every problem I have an opportunity to edify me I have an opportunity to grow so just like you said only good's gonna come out of this no matter what it is I am growing as a woman right and that to me is powerful. But getting to that realization, it took a long time. But now that I'm here, just like you, any girl can come out of this, you know? Yeah. And you acknowledge your emotions. You acknowledge your feeling. There are days that you might have to reach out to your support system, you know? And talking to people is not talking to them for them to solve your problem. Talking to people is so that you can hear yourself come up with the solution. Mm-hmm. You have the solution. So if you can find it's and and you know, it's the power of the question, isn't it? Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open unto you. So ask more questions, but ask the right questions because whatever question you ask, you're gonna have an answer. Why does this always happen? Because you're dumb, you're stupid, you're black, you're white, you're green, you're blue, you're British, you're American, you're Indian. That's the wrong question. How can I prohibit this from ever happening again? you could do this, call this person, you could start that. So change the questions you are asking yourself. Mm -hmm. Just change it and you'll get the right answer. So powerful. And it's important to make the brain cannot resist the question. So rather than making blanket statements about your reality um, and how, where you find yourself, it's about asking questions. And like you said on Cindy, the right questions, because the brain is stubborn in that moment where it's like, I will find an answer. Even if I don't have it in this mm-hmm. second, I will find it. So, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Dr. Tram, yeah, I usually end these interviews with one final statement that will help the listeners really take a moment to reflect on why they should choose their hustle. And what would that final advice or piece of sentimental? (laughs) Yeah, I think I want, I want to challenge everyone. I want to challenge that woman that's listening to uh, think for themselves and learn the art of thinking. Society and education has taught you what to think, but not how to think. There's a statement that says, if a man is born ignorant to parents that are ignorant in a society that is ignorant, lives a life of ignorance and eventually dies in ignorance, then ignorance is the norm. Thus indoctrination can be called education. Hypnosis can be called entertainment. Criminals can be care can be called leaders, and lies can be called truth because his mind was never truly his own. And what I want you to do is to own your mind. You don't have to be ignorant concerning yourself. The greatest gift that you can give yourself is the gift of change. You have the power on the inside. You are not waiting for someone to give you power. 
you have the power on the inside of you to become anything you want and spend the rest of your life in this beautiful evolutionary process where getting to know yourself, not being ignorant concerning you as a gift to humanity. And I want you to see yourself as the greatest expression of God's intelligence and genius given to humanity in this time. You are the gift. And I don't want you to be ignorant to that. Show up powerfully and show up differently. Do not dumb down to blend in to fit in. Take your dreams and your vision out of layaway and take your personality out of witness protection. Mm. Be everything that you are. And the greatest love of all is the love that you have for yourself. Love yourself. Don't be somebody different. This is how God um, wanted to express his brilliance and intelligence. He's expressing it through you. Embody the appropriate energy. You are God's most brilliant and most beautiful um, expression of his intelligence and genius given in time to this generation. Embody that energy and this world will be a better place because you're in it. Woo! So much, so much. But listeners, you are the gift. You are the gift. Embody that energy. Start embodying it today. Dr. Trium, Aunt Cindy, I am so grateful for this conversation today. Thank you so much. And thank you listeners, for me. Yes, thank you. And listeners, as always, walk as if every step you take is about to create an avalanche because boo you are here to change the world thank you for listening to choosing her hustle if you enjoyed this episode be sure to press the subscribe button if you want to join in the conversation follow me on instagram at choosing her hustle podcast where I'll be going live every Thursday to dig a little deeper into this week's episode. So make sure you bring your questions and comments and join our amazing community. If you want to support us, share, 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 and make sure to leave us a rating and review. See you next week.